0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, unwanted pets and relatives, it's Mr. Palumbo, and welcome to the Professor Liberty Podcast. Here at Professor Liberty, we strive to bring truth, knowledge, and inspiration to those lost souls wandering in the desert of cancel culture mania. And let's see if I can keep this desert analogy going. It is, you feel like you're lost, boys and girls. You feel like there's no truth out there. You feel like we're in a Walking Dead movie where everybody has lost their minds and collectively has gone insane. But worry not, ladies and gentlemen, Professor Liberty is a place you can feel safe. Now, it's not a safe space, but here is a place where your opinions are not considered microaggressions. So on today's episode, we're continuing our series called The First Americans, where we dive into the lives, ideas, and cultures of some of America's indigenous tribes. Last week, you might remember, we discussed the clash of worldviews between the white settlers and the natives. And today we're going to discuss two things. First I wanted to share something that I found researching last episode, and I couldn't really fit it in, so I wanted to put it in today. Five ways the Native Americans influenced the United States. So that's going to be the first part of this episode. And the next part of the episode, we're going to start our look into the Native tribes with the Iroquois. So strap in, grab your feather headdress, and risk cultural appropriation as we venture into the mysterious realm of actually learning something. And uh, for those of you who are paying attention, I did not do anything in regards to a desert analogy. So if you were catching that, see how you see how when there's a stream of consciousness, folks, the brain just goes everywhere. So, you know, this is why uh, you cannot have an unlicensed professional in the classroom. Good thing I'm licensed. The state, in their in their wisdom, gave me a license. But as you know, that doesn't really mean much. Anyway, no desert analogy was used when I said I was going to try to use it. Okay, moving on. Five things, and I'm going to call them did you knows. I like doing did you knows. The kids like did you knows. So here we go. Five ways Native Americans influenced the United States. Number one, did you know, did you know that one of the most important aspects of Native American life was ecology? Even though modern people today are just now getting on board with this idea of sustainable living, the Natives were years and years ahead of that. The Native Americans always had a deep respect for the land. There was a love of every life form. The Native Americans did not kill anything they could not use. Fishing and hunting were for survival. The Native Americans lived in harmony with nature and did not abuse the natural world. The Native Americans were ecologists long before the environmentalist crazies have taken over the scene. So you guys, this is actually something that I'm uh, actually very interested in and I find very important, you know. Uh, We are a consumer-driven society. Hey, I'm bored. Let's go buy stuff. And we have so much stuff. And all of that stuff is going to be in a landfill someday. And we we really need to learn, and I think we're trying to get on board with this, but we really need to learn how to live more sustainable lives. And that's something that the Native Americans could show us or maybe influence us you know this idea of the national parks and conservation all that comes from this appreciation of nature all that comes from the native american cultures and honestly i think guys having a culture of appreciation you know appreciating the land and 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 saving and being thrifty you know if you if you're a big uh, warren buffett fan or if you're looking to be a billionaire like warren buffett a lot of the stuff he talks about is living below your means and being thrifty, right? So that so I think we can appreciate the Native American's view that, hey, let's just use what we need. We really don't need all this extra stuff. Okay, number two, did you know? Did you know many of the foods we eat today were first grown by Native Americans? Native Americans learned how to grow and use many different kinds of food we eat today. Things like potatoes, beans, corn, peanuts, pumpkins, tomatoes, squash, peppers, nuts, melons, and sunflower seeds. They also helped European settlers survive the New World by sharing the farming methods with them. One of the cool methods was they would actually put a dead fish so they would plant a seed and they would put a dead fish in with that seed, right? And when you guys are like, well, what is that? Well, a lot of fish and shellfish and, uh, you know, f- uh, just fish in general, they have a lot of nitrogen. And when that nitrogen breaks down into the soil, nitrogen is what helps the plant grow. So pretty neat stuff. All right. Number three, did you know? Did you know that many words we use today came from Native Americans? Countless Native American words and inventions have become everyday part of our language. Some include barbecue, caribou, chipmunk, woodchuck, hammock, toboggan, skunk, mahogany, hurricane, and moccasins. Many towns and cities and rivers have names of Native American origin. Just a few include Seattle, Spokane, Milwaukee, Miami, and Wichita. Okay, number four. Did you know many games we play today came from Native Americans? Canoeing, snowshoeing, tobogganing, lacrosse, relay games, tug-of-war, and ball games are just a few games early Native Americans play and still enjoy today. Many youth groups such as the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, and YMCA have programs based largely on Native American crafts and lore. Okay, can I, can I share something with you guys? Can I, can I confess something? Look, look, we, we're, we're pretty close, right? I've, I've got a pretty close. Okay, I'm going to whisper this because I'm a little embarrassed. What is tobogganing? What is that? Is that, is that snow sledding? Is that like when you, you have a sled and you go down the snow? Is that a toboggan? I'm totally drawing a blank here. And number five, did you know, did you know that the natives encouraged the founding fathers to write the Constitution? In his article, quote, How Has America Been Influenced by Native American Culture? Unquote. Dan Calvari writes... Each governmental structure in the United States were influenced by native cultures. For example, Iroquois leaders became frustrated with trading with individual colonies of the United States. So they urged Benjamin Franklin and other leaders to create a strong, centralized representative government based essentially on the Iroquois model. Eventually, the U.S. adopted a model similar to that of the Iroquois, and even adopted the Iroquois' national symbol, the bald eagle. That's pretty cool, folks. I I did not know that. You know, one thing about making these podcasts is I get to learn things, too. Uh, But it's really cool to learn about all the ways Native Americans influenced our country. Language, architecture, agriculture, sports, government, a lot of stuff. And it's cool that the Iroquois used the eagle as their symbol, because that's what we use. And it's really cool for a segue, because the Iroquois are the group we are going to look at more closely. So here we go, part two, the Iroquois. Dun, 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 dun. The Iroquois were a group of indigenous people located in western New England, bordering Lake Ontario. So think like mostly New York State. But it went as far down as Pennsylvania, which is probably why Ben Franklin was familiar with them. They called themselves Haudenosaunee. Boy, I really had to practice that one, folks. I hope you guys are giving me a gold star. Haudenosaunee, which means people of the longhouse. The Iroquois were semi-sedentary, which means they moved around a little bit, but they also settled in areas and built small communities or villages. The men hunted and built long houses, which uh, these houses would would house several families. So think of like a duplex or a triplex, right? And the men went to war. For Iroquois men, achieving victory in war was very important and a means of gaining self-respect and respect among his peers. The Iroquois would take prisoners of war as slaves. Uh, uh, wait a minute, Mr. Palumbo. Uh, did you say slaves, Mr. Palumbo? Uh, clearly you have to check your sources. Only white people had slaves, Mr. Palumbo. No, slavery has always been universal. Now sit down and stop interrupting me. Women did the farming. Women made the clothes and other household items and raised the children. Iroquois followed a... Matrilineal system, which means they traced their ancestry through their mother's family. Did you know the house, the horses, and most of the other goods belonged to the woman? When Iroquois women would get married, their property remained their property, and if she decided to divorce her husband, the you know the man, she kept uh, she kept most of most of the stuff. So uh, those Iroquois men, I hope they were really nice to their wives because they could find themselves uh, pretty destitute. Like many North American indigenous groups, the Iroquois religion was primarily polytheistic, which means they believed in many gods. And they passed on creation myths and creation stories down through the generations orally. Many Iroquois believed in the Great Spirit, A common belief among all native tribes, the idea of one great spirit created everything and everyone. This idea of one great spirit uh, was even further cemented when the Indians mixed with the European Christian settlers uh, that have a very similar belief. To the Iroquois, the great spirit was a loving spirit, and within their own communities, the Iroquois practiced love and courtesy with one another. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later. Dreams and their meanings were also very important to the Iroquois. Regarding political structure, the Iroquois met in councils. And each tribe would have one chief, and the women would nominate the men as chiefs. So each chief would get one vote, and they would deliberate on issues and vote on the best policies. Regarding the Iroquois Council, Ben Franklin observed, For all their government is by counsel or advice of the sages. There is no force, there are no prisons, there are no officers to compel obedience or inflict punishment. This theme I mentioned about the Iroquois being very peaceful, at least towards one another, holds up. One author put it this way. A further result of their love and respect is shown through their lack of crime. The Iroquois did not have police, and they did not need them. Their code of honor was seldom broken because citizens feared public disapproval. Only two crimes are named, theft and murder, and both were punishable by death. However, there are some dark sides to every culture And the Iroquois were known for some episodes of cannibalism, slavery, like we said earlier, and even torture. Taking slaves was sometimes tied to adoption as means to refill their numbers. And this is another uh, issue that a lot of the Plains Indians uh, would also have. Just the the mortality rate of the natives were uh, so high compared to the white settlers that they would often try to refill their ranks with uh, captured captured people, but so here is something weird. <laughs> so, so they would take cap you know prisoners of war, and they would torture. Uh, I couldn't really find the answer, but I am assuming it's the males, the warriors. They would they would torture these males all the way until the march home, and then they would still kind of beat them and mistreat them, and then they would either kill them or Adopt him into the society, and I was as I was reading that, as I was researching for this podcast, I'm thinking to myself: Imagine you're the guy getting beat up and tortured, and then one guy walks over and says, "Eh, Steve's okay. You want to be a part of my family?" The women and children, on the other hand, uh, were taken. It the ones that were taken as slaves often assimilated into the culture, much better. And the process of assimilation was to renounce your old way of life and people, and you were given a new name. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So the native americans forced the foreigners to assimilate into their society and you had to you had to abandon all of your culture? Wow. According to Britannica.com, quote, Early 21st century population estimates indicate that some 90,000 individuals of Iroquois proper descent. When included the many Iroquois-speaking tribes, those estimates indicate more than 900,000 individuals, unquote. So there you have it, folks, the Iroquois, pretty interesting stuff, and a Native American group of people that influenced America uh, for generations. And we should respect them and honor them and appreciate their contributions to our great country. Here at Professor Liberty, we seek to educate, inspire, and restore. If you like this podcast, please give me a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to email the show, the email is Professor Liberty 1776 at gmail.com. Don't forget to tell your friends, your neighbors, your communist cousins, your liberal professors about the podcast. You guys are awesome. We are growing more and more every day. Until next time, go throughout the land and proclaim liberty.